Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 81 of The Sco Show. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Friday, February 28th, 2020. I am back home, back in the D.C. area. It's been a long week, but it's been a fantastic week. But the NFL Combine, I don't know whether it's the end of the beginning, the beginning of the end, or the workouts got underway on Thursday night. Thankfully, Southwest in-flight Wi-Fi, as well as Champs Americana Sports Bar and Grill at Indianapolis International Airport. Thanks to them, I was able to watch it while I was making my travel home. And so, yeah, good to be back. But the Combine actually really, truly got underway on Thursday night, so... I'm going to have some thoughts, some winners and some workers from night one of the Combine. And in the second half of the show, I'm going to have the podium session from Darian Daniels. I wrote a piece about Darian Daniels and Brotherhood, but I really enjoyed his podium session and getting to ask him some questions. So I wanted to drop in that audio as well. Before we do that, your usual reminders, please check out the work at places like Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two, but three, count them, three SB Nation websites. And yes, there will be another title to be added to that probably as early as Monday. So stay tuned. But let's talk some winners and workers from night one of the Combine. And we'll start at the quarterback position, obviously, because hi. And I think in, in terms of winners, it's it's hard to truly judge a quarterback at the combine based solely on measurables and the throw-in session because especially with the quarterback position but like with so many of these players and prospects at the combine the true work happens behind closed doors in the meeting rooms and the medical testing but in terms of the testing on the field and the throw-in session I thought Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and Anthony Gordon as well they they kind of help themselves I think when it comes from the athletic testing with Herbert and with Hurts you know, they both showed that they have athleticism. If you look at Kentley Platt at MathBomb on Twitter, he has the relative athletic score. By his sort of analysis, Herbert had the best day of the quarterbacks with the testing, um, but um, Jalen Hurts was not too far behind. Both of them, I thought, threw the ball very well, including Hurts, who looked like that throwing motion was tightened up a bit. I love some of the routes he was throwing. Um, he had an out route to Isaiah Hodges along the left sideline that I thought was great. I thought Anthony Gordon, you know, Showing the crisp release, he has a very good quick release, and the footwork seems to be improving. Now, my issue with Gordon when it comes to the feet is this. The movement of the feet, the fluidity of the feet in the pocket, that's what he needs to really work on. Wasn't quite there. It's not really something to get to test in this because it's not like you're making progression reads. That's something I'm very curious to see how they script his pro day. You know, if I were his advisors, if I were his coaches, his quarterback coaches, his agent, you know, I'd say make it look like you're working some full field reads. You know, that's one of the things he told me. You heard the audio on an earlier edition of the Sco Show this week, how he makes those full field reads in that offense. Show that, but show it while moving your feet while doing it. I think if he does that, he could have a fantastic pro day and really impress some people. In terms of workers, I don't like the phrase winners and losers. You know, I think at an event like this, you know, there are some people that might have had a down session that they have some work to do, and that's why I call them workers. I think Jake Fromm is in that sort of category from the quarterback position because the athletic testing wasn't great, the throwing session wasn't great, but I stand by the fact that in the right sort of offense and environment, 
he could certainly have an NFL career that's very successful and where he could hit that sort of ceiling where he's more than just a long-term backup guy, where he could be a starter and a very effective one. I look at two scenarios, Chicago and their offense schematically and Indianapolis and what they do that I think could work. I think if you look at Indianapolis, you're sitting there at 13. Maybe you want a Jordan Love. He might not be there. You know, there are many reporters... Um, I, I forget exactly who it was. It was somebody with, uh, it might have been either a Bucky Brooks or a Lewis Reddick or a, a De, a Tony Pauline. Somebody in that sort of news break, and I can't remember exactly who it was, said that he's going to go earlier than people expect. He might not be there at 13. So if you're Indianapolis, it might be a situation where do you trade up and get Jordan Love knowing he might need some time to season? Or do you stay pat Maybe a guy like a Ruggs falls into your lap at 13, and then you've got picks at 34 and 44. Maybe Jake Fromm at like 44 or 34 makes more sense to you, given the offense and the fact that if you're worried about hand size, well, you've got at least eight games in a dome. And where are three other games? Houston, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. There's 11 of your 16 games in rather quarterback-friendly environments. That's not too bad if you're worried about hand size. And so while Fromm has some work to do, I, I'm still somewhat hopeful that he could find a good spot for him. Let's talk tight ends. And in terms of winners, I'm going to cheat here at the end with a, a t- an extra tight end winner. Adam Trotman, the 40 might have been underwhelming, but he posts the best three cone of any tight end since 2003. That change of direction ability, it does matter in the National Football League. Maybe not as much for a tight end, but when you think about how you want to get an isolated matchup, it helps when you've got a you can get a tight end matched up on a linebacker. Change of direction ability helps there because you can go one step and run away from a guy and get separation. That's not too bad. You think about Haas wide juke, that juke route from a tight end, that's where that three cone shows up. So I think he had a pretty good session. Cole Komet, I think, had a good session as well. His 40-yard dash time of 4.7 combined with a, a 10-yard split of 1.63, which is estimated by Math Mom. Very good times. Um, I think he showed strong NFL potential. I'll stay on the Stephen Sullivan Hill, a 4.6641 of the top times from tight ends. Great explosiveness drills from the vertical and the broad jump. I firmly believe that despite his lack of usage and production at LSU, he can also be a matchup nightmare in the NFL. A guy that's a worker, look, friends, I don't make the rules. I just live by them. If you take a dome shot, on national football league, on a you know nationally televised event in the NFL Combine, in front of a primetime audience, you leave town with some work to do. You know that was a moment where, when that was taking place, I was in the boarding process for my flight back, and my phone exploded. Dude takes dome shot. I mean that's that's tough to bounce back from. So Mitchell Cox, he's got some work to do. And I'm giving Albert O an incomplete. That 4.49 also blew up my phone. That's a huge number for a tight end. But then he didn't do any of the other drills. So he still has some work to do with his pro day. But given the fact that, look, you post that number, that doesn't put you in the worker category. That puts you in the incomplete category, something I invented just for Albert O. And I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to put Chase Claypool as a winner at the tight end position. I know he was adamant. I'm not a tight end. I'm a wide receiver, but I'm versatile. You look at his relative athletic score from Math Mom, it's, a, it's just a wave of green. Everything is great. 
the broad of, you know, 10 feet, six inches, the vertical of 40 and a half inches, the 40 of 4.43. And he's doing it at 6'4", 238. Make him a move tight end or a big slot guy and just feast. So he certainly helped himself. Let's talk about some of the other wide receivers. Justin Jefferson had a great, great workout. 4.44, you know, a 10.5-inch broad jump, 37-inch vertical, but that 4.43, nobody was expecting that. You know, Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah was like, well, we're not really expecting him to, whoa, when he runs the 40 and posts that number. And I think Trevor Sekiba from the Draft Network just illustrated what he did on the field. And you put these numbers in combination with that 4.43, it blows your mind. He had last year a 92.3% contested catch rate. He forced 23 missed tackles. He had the most catches from the slot and the most yards from the slot. That's all from PFF's draft guide, all while running a 4.43. Slot receivers are starting job in the NFL. He just earned a starting job in the NFL. That was huge. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Tough to evaluate on on film, but explosive jumped out of the building. 44 and a half inch vertical, a broad jump of 11 and 11 feet, 7 inches. Just incredible numbers. Now, another winner, Henry Ruggs. I know he didn't break the 4.4, the 4.22 40 yard dash, but 4.28 is fast. Fast enough. Arif Hassan from The Athletic in Minnesota was asking people this week, what would be a number that, you know, Ruggs could post where you would just say, Put the pen down. That's it. I don't need to see any more. And a lot of people said, well, obviously, if he blows away Ross's number, sure. But if he gets into anywhere in that 4.2 area, whether it's 4.23, 4.29, that's still pretty gosh darn fast. And he did it. So kudos to him. A wide receiver worker. And it pains me to say it. LaVisca Chenault. I love him on film. Can use. He was using so many different roles in that Colorado Buffalo's offense. But the 4.59 wasn't great. 4.58, excuse me. I was told he was going to run faster. He didn't. He didn't partake in any of the other drills. Now you have to wonder about his agility and ability to change direction. He needs to have a much better performance at his pro day. But now he might be there at 23. And he might stay there as New England goes in a different direction at 23. You know, and and Evan Lazar... Uh, who was great to meet this week. You know, he has some reservations about him anyway. He thinks there's a lot of overlap between what he does and what he can do and Nikhil Harry. That kind of illustrated it right there. So I've got more thoughts on day one of the Combine. I've got some thoughts on the Combine itself and some of the other big stories. That's going to go up in addition to this stuff on Pat's Pulpit shortly. But up next, Darian Daniels, his podium session. I'm going to play that for you. That's ahead on this latest installment, episode 81 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 81 of the SCO Show. And as I alluded to in the first half of the show, I'm going to play for you the podium session from Darian Daniels, or at least the majority of it. I wrote a piece about him, Darian Daniels, and Brotherhood that came out on Pat's Pulpit yesterday, but I did want to share that audio with you. I thought it was a fantastic podium session. So here you go. Nebraska defensive lineman, nose tackle type player who could be maybe a Danny Shelton replacement, Darian Daniels from Nebraska. Oh, wow. A little thing on that. Wow, so that must have made you just like look yeah. at that finger. Like, and yeah. talking to the doctor, you were saying that um, had I played any other position outside of linemen, I could have been able to, to club it up. Yep. Wow. What did you gain in that year in Nebraska, and you know, style-wise and just ability-wise? Um, I say what I gained is I, I gained a lot of um, 
some strength I didn't know I had. Uh, you know, in the Big 12, we were really quick picks, everything fast. Uh, I got to show how agile I was and how backward I could move. Um, in the Big 10, it's like smash my football. You know, I gotta be able, I gotta be solid at the point of the tag uh, And I kind of found out where I need to work on. So uh, being in the Big 10 and being in Nebraska, they, they, they showed me how to play the run, they showed me how to, how to and also being out there with Coach Tuioti, he um, put another lens on my on my eyes so I can be able to look into the backfield and kind of get an idea of what play is going to be ran prior to the snap. And he was like, he played, you know, he coached in the NFL, so he, he know how to teach us and uh, put things in perspective for us to understand. I felt like everything that he taught me, I'm going to be able to retain it and keep it all going forward. If you get that start on Sunday Night Football, on which school are you going to enlist and why? I practice this. I'm going to be like, I'm Darian Daniels, the Corn Husking Cowboys. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why, why Nebraska? Was that to play alongside your brother? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, it was another huge uh, another huge factor for me uh, throughout my, my injury. Me and my brother, I feel like we got closer because of my injury. Uh, he was just... He knows how, how it feels like to miss out on the whole season. He missed his uh, sophomore season of high school due to an injury. So, yeah, like calling me, he called me like every week. We have like long conversations and just being able, him being able to be there for me. You know, he did a lot for me. And then just me being able to be there for him in Nebraska, I felt like he did a lot for us mentally and physically uh, being together. Um, so you mentioned, you you know, you played in the the fast, up-tempo Big 12, the Smash Mouth uh, Big 10. How, how do you feel as far as your preparation how did that prepare you for you know the NFL do you think uh, I have had the best of both worlds um, it's not much I haven't seen playing in the Big 12 and playing with a with a team like Oklahoma State I've had the opportunity to play um, ACC teams and SEC teams so I kind of have an idea of um, you know different type of talent across the board and then at, at Nebraska I played some, some powerhouses you know getting whooped by Ohio State. It ain't fun, but, I, you know, I, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot from that game, not just about other offenses, but just also about myself and, and what I need to move on. So um, I, I think I got an advantage, you know, just with all the experience that I've had and being able to take everything that I learned, retain it, and learn from it and build from it, take it into the NFL and do what I can from there. What did you learn at the Senior Bowl, and how well do you think you did there? I think I got better at the Senior Bowl. Um, Coach Bo, you know, he, I feel like he kind of helped me get a better understanding of who I was as a lineman. Uh, I know, like, that first day out there, uh, I know during pass rushing, even during um, some of the one-on-one uh, -on -one pushing drills, like the, uh, the the run run stuff, and he was, like, he was a big man, big body, music, like, you're trying to be pretty, you're trying to be too simple. You, know, you got size, you got speed, you got, uh, you know, power, use your hands and, and be powerful, so... Um, I took what he what he told me in the Senior Bowl um, and tried to you know build on that. And he also told me that I wanted to get to work on it. And as soon as I got back to training, now you know that's why I told my trainer that came in. They said I need to work on this. I got to get it now. I just felt like from the Senior Bowl all the way up until now, I felt like I've changed completely as a player. You know, Nebraska's draft tradition ended last year, what, 50 straight years or whatever it was. You know, do you feel a sense of pride that you may be able to restart? Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm not just about myself, but, like, we got a lot of talent. There's, there's some guys out here, like, right now, like Muhammad Berry and Alex Davis that I hear right now. But you know, those are some guys who I feel like are, are some sleepers, and I feel like I'm going to be as well. You know, we got the Davis Twins and then got Lamar. So it's 
I'm confident that, you know, it's no matter if I get picked up or not, you know, we gonna we gonna give us other tradition again. What games were you did you play in this year? Were you playing at the end of the year or mid this year because you're pinky. Uh, which games did you miss, I guess? Oh, I, I, I missed. Uh, I played the majority of all the games this year. I only missed one game this past season um, in Nebraska. My, my last year at Oklahoma State, I played four games and then okay. an injury missed all those. Gotcha. Sorry. What, you what? Th- what are your thoughts about your brother and, uh, and Keen? Uh, as you get your position, I mean, how do you think they're going to fill in for you? Man, my brother's best ball is ahead of him. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it yet. Not gonna, it's funny because when I first got to, you can, you can ask the twins about it too, when I first got to Nebraska, I saw him as like my little brother. And as I'm leaving Nebraska, I see him as a oh, man. He, he understands his strengths now. I'm glad Coach Tuiyogi's there for him because Coach Tuiyogi, he's seen different types of styles of defensive linemen and he knows what my brother's capable of as well. He pushes my brother every day. And I just feel like my brother's best football ahead of him. He's clicking for him. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what he does. And same with King. He came in, um, big got heavy, and he got into the D1 program. He kind of struggled a little bit because he's in some adjustments. And, we stuck with him, you know, coaches pushed him every single day, you know, me, the twins, you know, DJs, we all pushed him, and he started, he, he bought in, lost a lot of weight, he lost a lot of weight, man, he looks completely different than the way he looked going in, I just feel like, he's going to keep building on that, they got, my brother has two more years, keep him some time left as well, I feel like that D-line, they're going to get together some more, they're going to jail, and they're going to get some experience, they're going to arguably be one of the best defensive line in the nation. What was the toughest matchup you faced, whether at Nebraska or Oklahoma State? Uh, I, I forget buddy name all the time. Uh, during my time at Oklahoma State, I played the center at OU. His last name was Randy. And he was for a center for him to move when he was moving. He, was, he, made, he, made, he made the day pretty long and he delivered for me. Uh, I thought I read that you you were a team captain at Nebraska. Is that right? As the result of a player vote? Yes, sir. In a short period of time, how how did you? What did you do to establish yourself and you know get your teammates to think uh, that much of you? It's kind of um, I don't want to say I was all about me prior to coming in. Uh, when I got to the, when my intention going into Nebraska was I'm going to take this year to, to develop myself as a professional mentally and physically, and then I also want to be there for my brother and help push him because uh, I know. Talked to a lot of the coaches, they were saying, like, hey, we're glad that you're coming because we need you to light that fire with your brother. So when I got in, that was my priority. I was like, I got to work on myself, get better, and I got to get my brother better. And throughout winter conditioning, throughout spring, um, it became a thing for me to push my brother. And then it went from me pushing my brother to being the twins pushing my brother. And then it went from being the twins pushing my brother to being the twins pushing, you know, young guys on the D-line from going from the D-line onto linebackers and the DVs and then spring ball come around. We're not just influencing the defense, we're also influencing the offense. And I just think that um, I bought a contag- I bought I bought a contagious feeling to hold your, your brother accountable. And I feel like that's what that's what kind of did it for everybody and everybody. You know, they, they trusted me with it. It was real. It was yeah. real. Yeah. You had to go against a couple of, you know, some pretty good centers this year, too. I, I think a couple of the stand of mine is Wisconsin center who's here and then the Iowa center who's, who's only a freshman. What did you think of those two guys? See, I didn't play against Wisconsin. That hurt me. Man, I wanted, I wanted Wisconsin more than anything. Uh, man, my brother, my brother held his own, you know. Uh, and the way I, I, I can see how um, – Oh, buddy from Wisconsin, I can see how 
he is, where he is, and how he's. Like, I feel like he's like a technician. I like how he, he moves himself, positions himself, and, and puts himself in good positions where if he's not going to push you off the ball, he's going to make sure you're not making a play. So I can see how how he is, how he is, and buddy from Iowa. I can I can see I can see it man. I can see it. It's, just, it's just something about the center position is very difficult. Um, you got to take care of the ball first, and then you got to have the right steps. And then if you're playing with a with a, with a nose in front of you, you know it's, it's challenging. So for him to be able to make reads, snap the ball, and then I will stretch for him to be able to get lateral real quick, man. I, I feel like he would be a problem. What's the one thing you want to prove to NFL teams this week that you can do in the NFL? Versatile. I want to I can move. You know, uh, being a nose guard, I kind of, um, I, I was very selfless. I was very selfless as a nose guard. I took on double teams. Uh, even in the pass rush, I always rather penetrate and, and help somebody else get a sack than me take the sack myself. Yeah. And um, while I'm out here, one thing I want to show is that you know, I can move, I can bend edges, and if they need to be a pass rusher, I got the ability to. You had to face so many different kinds of blocking schemes, whether it's you know uh, sometimes downhill guys, you know zones, as you said, also zone reads, and you know do you feel like that playing that kind of versatile systems, and, and then your days at Oklahoma State will really help you prepare for everything you see at the NFL level. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, one thing that I've learned from um, all teammates are in NFL right now is that it's a, it's a copycat, it's a copycat business. You know, everybody they, they kind of do the same thing. And it's like if you've seen it once, you know, you've seen it all. So I just felt like um, me having all the experience that I do have and me being able to see all of the offenses and, and blocking schemes that I have seen, begin with some, some NFL coaches and then with analysts and veterans. I feel like with my experience, their experience and everything they're going to teach me, I just feel like, you know, it's a lot that, I, that I've covered. And it's gonna make it easy to transition in. Any particular players you watch in the NFL you kinda of model game after? I love Fletcher Cox. I, I love his game. Uh, one thing that, that does it for me is his hand placement. It's very rare that you see his hands out of out of position. And that's one thing I really wanna to, wanna to key in on, on the next level is making sure my hand placement is, is impeccable like his. And, you know, I feel like we kinda of have we kinda of share some qualities, you know, kinda of the same size and, and whatnot. But, just watch them forever, man. He, he, he's a beast. Darren, I thought I read that you were a uh, honor roll athlete. Is that, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, the the academics was that did that come easy for you? Did you have to work on it? And, and where does that emphasis come from? Is it family, oh, or you imposed my, it on yourself? My mama don't play. Yeah. My mama don't play. It, it, it's, it's been something that she's implemented. She's implemented in us throughout the course of my whole life. You know, um, in her eyes, C's wasn't passing. So it was that it was challenging for us. You know, we wanted to play multiple. Me and my brother and my sister, we all wanted to play multiple sports. We were, we were very extracurricular kids. You know, we were choir. You know, um, you know, little clicks after, after after school. So we had a lot of extracurricular activities. And my mom was my grades conversed. And it was funny because um, for prior to coming to college, I told my mom, "I'm three and out. I'm three and out." <laughs> Not without a degree. <laughs> so um, it was a promise that I made my mom. I'm like, I'm, I'll make sure I get my degree first. And just throughout the course of college, uh, I've learned to I've learned to love learning, and it's always good to, to obtain knowledge. So uh, I kind of her motivation, and I kind of put it in within myself that I wanted to be good in anything that I did. Academics is one of those things that I have to do, so I wanted to be good at. As far as athletics, I'm sorry. Um, at what point did you realize, all right, college football could be a, a realistic thing, and then at what point did you realize the NFL could be a real thing for me? Um, my father told me at a young age, 
he told me at a young age. I remember um, I didn't want to play football at first. Uh, starting out, I was a soccer star. I loved soccer. Soccer was my sport. It, it didn't take until my pops took the shoulder pads and helmet off my back, put it on my brother, and I saw my brother going to work. Then I was like, nah, I got I got to do this. So um, I'm gonna say when it, when I really started enjoying playing football, like in we I talked to my pops. He was like, you got a potential to. to be better than I was and to, to make it to the levels that I've made. It was like, you just got to put in the work, you got to do it. So I'm going to say it wasn't until my sophomore year in high school, uh, I was I was the youngest dude on the varsity team. Like all the, all the older guys called me Big Baby. I was I was big as a sophomore. And um, just a lot of those older guys uh, in 2013, when I was at uh, Red Oak High School, they were, they were just telling me like, hey, Darren, you, you can be something special. You just got to keep working, got to keep working. And then it wasn't until I got to Bishop Dunn where scholarships started coming in that I thought like, like I knew I was like I, I got the, I got the opportunity. And then I got to college. I want to say it was uh, it was going into my junior year where I actually thought I actually it clicked in my head that I could I could play in the next level. I remember uh, I was talking to to Coach Glass. He was just saying, um, he's seen a lot of guys like me before. He was like, a lot of guys like me that have long, long careers in the NFL. He was saying, if I keep my nose clean, I keep working hard, I can achieve anything that I want to achieve. And then, you know, once you get that hope in yourself, it's like, there's, there's no turning back. And it's like, there's no doubt in my mind that I can, I can play at this level. And not just play the level, but be a dominant factor. Darian, how do you feel about the experience of going to Nebraska? Uh, I love I love my experience. Uh, it was I feel like it's awesome to be a professional. Um, with a lot of, like Coach Frost's system was really laid back. He's not really um, they don't hold your hand through everything. When they tell you where you need to be, you gotta be there. And um, I to, I've always had that in my I've always had that mindset to, to always be there on time and be there, you know, if you're on time you're late. So it just taught me how to be a professional about everything. Uh, the way I talk to my coaches, I, I feel like uh, being played in Nebraska, I've learned how to communicate to my coaches, how to coach me, and also uh, where I'm lacking and what I need help on. So I feel like they help me out a lot. Darian, have you had any uh, meetings with the Atlanta Falcons? Can you take a check? Go ahead. I gotta take Ted. Meticulous man here. I I have. Yeah, first day I got here. Do you remember anything about that conversation? You know what? Yeah, I do. I do. It wasn't like it wasn't an interview. It was more like a conversation. You know, I was. I kind of I kind of enjoy those a lot more. Uh, he was really grilling me on with questions. It's kind of getting, it's kind of filling me out. Um, you know, asking kind of some of the same questions you guys asked me. Who's the best player going back to Nebraska next year that we're not talking about right now, but a year from now we're all going to be talking about? Wondell Robinson. All right, why is that? Have you seen him? Not yet. That's why I'm asking hey, about him. If you, if you just turn on any game, you'll uh -huh. see him. Okay. You'll see him. That man, he, got, he has speed and he has a passion for the game. He's only a true freshman. Okay. He's a true freshman, man. He's like, it's, it's funny because, like, you would think that how he run the ball, he's been doing this. Majority of his life, like he's just getting started. He hadn't been in the program too long. He's gonna get stronger. He's gonna get faster. Coach is gonna, coach is gonna find ways to put him in positions to, to throw offense. The defense is all balanced, so it's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be a huge problem um, next year. Guys are hearing his name a lot. Was there a moment where you you kind of like were like, oh shit, like this guy's got it moving forward? Man, yeah, it was one play. I forget what team, but I remember. Adrian got the snap, turned, handed the ball, 
Vincent came like untouched. I think he like came off the edge, came untouched. Wandell shook him before he even had the ball in his hand. And you can ask me and the twins, we were sitting there, we was like, why? Oh. And it was just crazy because like the minute he did that, it was early on the season, the minute he did that, I was like, that's the one. That's the one. Who is the toughest, not the most talented, not the guy that's going to get drafted highest, but the toughest guy you saw in a game this year? Um, so the guy I saw in a game this year? In regards to what? An opponent, like just like the toughest, nastiest guy inside that you're like, man, this guy's giving me everything I can handle. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it was against me, but the toughest dude that I've seen yeah, yeah. Like on the field sure. is Carlos Davis. Okay. He don't care. Man, I've seen him come to the sideline and like, I'm like, you good? Yeah. Let's go. I'm like, you sure you good? And I've seen him like in plays where he's been like, he, he's taking two, three dudes, and he like, if I ain't making a play, y'all ain't finna block nobody else. Just take everybody to the ground. You feel me? So Carlos is one of those guys where like he, he get the job done. He grinding. He don't care. He don't care, man. He, 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 our coach, I feel like that black shirt mentality, man. Like, Playing next to him and his brother, it really put things in perspective for me. Like how you have, how gotta you gotta be kind of crazy to play the position. And the boys, they they do it. Nice and tough players. Darian, what do you feel like you'll miss the most about Nebraska? Man, just how much love we get. Um, college, you know, college football, you know, got the best fans ever. I feel like college football is like that. Is it's it's for the fans. I feel like uh, in Nebraska, you know, for them to sell out the stadium every single game wins or losses man. and just being able to like after a loss you know to walk down the street not get bashed you know uh, I've walked you know with my head down sometimes like man like what could I have done better and fans came from like make your head up down you played a great game you guys did good we're just, we're just getting that much closer and they're just so hopeful I think that's what I'm missing the most about Nebraska. Man, those fans are just so hopeful, and they're just so they're just so supportive. It's just like you don't you don't get that in every college. You know, you don't. Not everybody has that that, that type of fan base. One of the great things about Nebraska is the tunnel walk. What was your first tunnel walk like? Uh, so I was a Catholic, so I had to get it. I had to leave kind of early. I left early. I didn't really get the full experience. But the first time I kind of experienced that was during spring football. Because like walking out, I got everybody around me. It's like I don't think that I had ever been in the stadium that full. You know, so I'm walking in and I see everybody yelling, and I see the seal red. Everybody's just so excited to see this play. It's just like it, it sent chills from my head all the way down to my toes. I was just like, man. And it was funny because I remember, uh, I forget, I forget who whispered it in my ear. They whispered in my ear, they was like, this is a great spring game. And I was like, oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I'm out to be honest. I'm writing a story about how linemen get sleep. Um, like if there's anything that people don't know about what it's like trying to get a good night's sleep at like a really big size and mm-hmm. playing college football in the NFL. Is there anything like So there you have it, Darian Daniels live. Well, on tape delay from Indianapolis. Folks, that will do it for episode 81 of the SCO Show. I'll be back Monday with Mock Draft Monday 5.0. Some of you have already sent in your mocks. Thanks to those who have done so. Be looking for more of those over the next couple of days. Until then, friends, please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxborough.